Gary Parrish, it's Friday, July 8th, but uh, really it's uh, late Thursday night, and this is the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander with me, and uh, we're both in North Augusta, South Carolina, here for the annual Peach Jam event, another full day of hoops. Most of the uh, top prospects in the country are here. If you're unfamiliar with it, it is uh, the Peach Jam, widely regarded as the the best uh, July event on the circuit, DeAndre Ayton is here, Marvin Bagley's here, Wendell Carter, Michael Porter Jr., so on and so forth. Uh, it really is a wonderful event. I enjoy it every July. And yet, uh, it does feel a little silly to be talking about basketball right now while watching another awful day in America unfold in real time. It's uh, 12.50 a.m. on the East Coast right now. And by the time you listen to this, the numbers will uh, presumably have changed. But during protest... Uh, sparked by a police officer in Baton Rouge killing one black man and a, uh, a police officer in Minnesota killing another. Uh, in a two-day period earlier this week, gunmen opened fire on cops in Dallas. At the time of this recording, uh, 11 officers have been shot, four have died. Uh, it's just just too much. I know you've been in the gym uh, all night and at dinner post-Peach Jam, but have you had a chance to see any of this yet, Norlander? We haven't talked about it off the air yeah. at all. We haven't. It is. It is a little. I gotta admit, it is a little surreal to be covering. Um, <clears throat> to be covering recruiting, uh, and you know, it is. It is our jobs, and I gladly and willingly do it. But it's just, it's this odd dichotomy to be covering this, and then you know, getting a way late dinner, kind of going over what we saw today at the gym, while you know, uh, another national tragedy unfolds um yeah no and listen hopefully the podcast can be just a little bit of a distraction or levity or just information uh, away from you know obviously the huge major story that will play out in our country over the next couple of days and certainly in the immediacy of anyone listening to this uh to this podcast yeah it's i mean to your point um like i i i spent most of uh, this afternoon tonight working on a column about deandre ayton and marvin bagley we can talk about it uh momentarily um, and yet I haven't tweeted it out. I just feel silly tweeting a basketball column while the rest of the world is tweeting updates about uh, police officers, presumably like good guys doing their jobs, um, trying to do their jobs, like dying in the line of service. Like I just couldn't bring myself to hit tweet on it. So, um, you know, I'll wake up tomorrow and, and then I'll, 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 you know, I'll get back to work, I guess. But it just... Um, what a what a what a weird night! And then the reaction to it, of course, is is always uh, a, a little frustrating because um, you know we spent earlier this week saying, you know, Jesus Christ, what happened in Baton Rouge? What happened in Minnesota? And then if this again, it's very early. Uh, this is unfolding in real time, but uh, presumably, like the, the gunmen were motivated by what happened in in Minnesota and what happened in Baton Rouge again. Uh, two black men um, uh, killed by police officers, uh, and 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 both were at least in some form caught on video by cell phone cameras, and so then you get a, a whole another crowd saying, "Hey, well, you know, say, hey, is, is this what you wanted?" Which is just uh, maddening because I somebody I saw somebody tweet this earlier tonight, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll borrow it. Uh, like you know, nobody wants um, a, a black men getting. Uh, killed uh you know theoretically for no reason um during 
traffic stops or anything else. In the meantime, nobody wants police officers getting shot by snipers. You know, nobody wants kids getting shot in schools. Like, nobody wants any of this stuff. Like, um, it, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Like, you, 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 you watch some of these scenes unfolding and you go, God, like, hey, this is really happening in this country in the year 2016. And um, to watch the, the mostly silly debates uh, go back and forth with everybody grabbing onto um, whatever they, they choose to grab onto to, to uh, underline whatever point they were predisposed to make anyway is just uh, sort of adds to the, uh, I don't know, sadness of the whole thing. Perhaps I'm rambling, but like, I don't know. It's just been occupying my mind all night as, you know, you, you watch, you know that there's protests happening all over America and then you you see the first tweet like and it's always interesting during times like this because Twitter is way ahead of of television news and really everything else like you know you say okay there's been shots fired and you go oh wow somebody shot a gun I hope nothing happened and then it's like two cops have been hit and then you're like oh I hope that's not true and then it's like oh actually 11 cops have been hit and they say but only only one's dead so far and then it's two dead and now it's you know at this moment it's uh it's four dead and so you just watch it all unfold and it's just uh uh I don't I don't really know how to transition from that to to basketball we'll try to do it but uh hopefully hopefully tomorrow's a better day because this has been a a pretty awful uh a week in uh a country that as as the president said earlier today um should be better yeah uh, hopefully it'll get better very very soon uh you mentioned at dinner Norlander um was you and some other writers um, discussing what you had seen at, at Peach Jam today. Uh, we've now been here for a couple of days. Um, we were in the gym for Wednesday night's games. Uh, we were back in the gym Thursday morning. Uh, the kids have played all day today. At this point, the 17 and unders, uh, each team has played three games. Um, we've seen, I think, most of the best players who are here at this event between the two of us at this point. Who's impressed you the most? What's your, if there is a takeaway, what's been your takeaway for the first couple of days? Yeah, um, I, I, I would think, uh, well, it's been, listen, it's been, basketball-wise, it's been fairly entertaining. I mean, listen, and when we come to these things, um, it's much more to get a look at the top, you know, 10 or so players that are just, you know, on a national perspective, the guys that really matter, top 10 or 15 prospects, and then really get to talk, catch up with coaches. Uh, so sometimes the games can kind of be, they can be brutal. Um, DeAndre Ayton was pretty solid today. Uh, he went up against Marvin Bagley, who was the number one player in the class of 2018, but we'll get to that because he wrote a column on that. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is is considered number four by some services in the class right now. To me, Ooh, I ain't seen three dudes better than him. I know he can show flashes of being the number one player. Muhammad Bamba plays uh, for uh, uh, the PSA Cardinals. He is a six eleven, seven foot, uh, adept. Uh, I can't call him a stretch four because he's really not, but he's not a total true center either. Um, but he looked pretty solid tonight. Kevin Knox is another five-star forward in the class of 2017. These are players that John Calipari, Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo, Bill Self. I mean, they're basically every heavy hitter in college basketball, any coach that's really been rolling in, in the past three or four years has made his appearance at Peach Jam, and not just those coaches, but certainly – their assistance overall. So I would say that it's 
pretty well represented this specific class of 2017. Because what you'll get sometimes, GP, as you well know, is these the Peach Jam is only Nike affiliated summer travel programs. So not every you know top 25 kid in the in the class is here because some might play with an Adidas team that doesn't play the Peach Jam, or similarly. Under Armour, like for instance, Hamidou Diallo, who's a top 10 prospect and I wrote about on CBS Sports, he played with an Under Armour team last year, but specifically switched programs because he wanted to, uh, frankly, play in this event and get in, in, you know, get as much good competition as he possibly could. To me, that has clearly helped his cause. Hamidou Diallo is a freak of an athlete, um, a really terrific scorer, one of the best scorers in the class, and a guy who now has offers from Kentucky and Duke. And... Um, uh, our former colleague and now ESPN writer Jeff Borzella disagrees with me. I actually think he's got a decent potential to become a top 15 pick in a couple of years uh, with the natural tools that he has. But it, listen, it's always interesting to see these kind of players. And it's a little weird at the same time to watch these guys, to interview them, and like full well knowing that less than two years from now, I mean, let's just be real here. I mean, DeAndre Ayton... Uh, and Michael Porter Jr. and quite possibly guys like Kevin Knox, they're they're going to be in the NBA draft. So it's such it's you know two years isn't the blink of an eye, but they go from playing these somewhat quaint tournaments, you know, in on the border of Georgia and South Carolina, where you know they're, they're traveling with these other guys that'll have no shot of playing in the NBA. To then they you know. One, one and done at the college level, and then suddenly you turn around and you're a lottery pick. So it is interesting to get these guys at this stage, and it is kind of cool to see them progress from what they are now to what they'll be in a couple of years. But I'd say it's been pretty interesting so far, um, and uh, and I'm definitely interested to see what happens on Friday. Is always a pretty big day because last thing here, the way that the Peach Jam works for anyone that's not familiar with it, it's similar to. You know, say how we, you know, soccer is so huge now. Um, the Copa America, the Euro, the World Cup, you have a bunch of pool play first. Everyone plays everyone round robin. And then the teams with the best records move on to semifinal and final play to win the actual tournament. Um, and so we, what Friday is essentially can be moving day. So you get a lot of really intense, high competition games. But someone unsuspectingly, GP, the game that really should have been the most highly publicized and most anticipated, and it was a good game, but it wasn't a, a massively packed gym like I expected, was the Aiton versus Bagley game that happened earlier on Thursday afternoon. No question, because like, um, like you and I have been here uh, enough times to know those types of matchups. I don't want to say they're rare, because you, you get like at Peach Jam, basically every game has got like an elite guy against an elite guy. Um, but this was number one, like the consensus number one guy, DeAndre Ayton, in the class of 2017 against the consensus number one player in the class of 2018, Marvin Bagley. And um, you don't get that often. And uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> you and I, were, I was going to write about Bagley and, and Ayton in some form. Going into it, I didn't really have a, a good idea of exactly what I was going to write. Um, and we'll talk about what I actually did write in a moment. Um, but I was like, ah, geez, I, I gotta, I want to get in the gym early because these gyms are, are rather small. And like a few years ago, it was Andrew Wiggins against Julius Randle and Wiggins uh, got the better of him. Uh, but you couldn't get in the gym. Like it was packed. Like you, if you weren't in that gym well before that game started, you were not going to be able to get in that gym. So, um, the way it works, there's, um, 
there, there's games staggered uh, tip times by 90 minutes, right? So a team plays at 11. Uh, there's one game at 11. Then there's another game at 12:30. Then there's another game at two. And so the Bagley Aiton game was was scheduled for two. And so I got into that gym. It was court two um, at the Riverview Park Activity Center. I got into that gym at um, about noon. It was toward the end of the first game in that gym. And then I sat through another entire game that I didn't really have any interest in at all um, just to, to ensure I would have a seat. And you're exactly right. Like, it, for whatever reason, it wasn't jam-packed. I mean, it was full, but it wasn't like – I didn't get the sense they were turning people away. Um, it certainly wasn't as packed as I've seen other gyms at, 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 at other times. So that was, that was strange. Um, but I thought they both played well. Um, I, I thought Aiden, Aiden got, was better. I don't know that he got the better of him, but I thought Aiton was better than Bagley. But Bagley had a little stretch in the second half where he went back-to-back donks and, and showed all the stuff that um, makes it clear um, and sort of underlines why he's projected to be a future number one overall pick in the NBA draft. To be clear what we're talking about here, um, at this moment, um, Aiton would be the guy who would go number one in the 2018 NBA draft, and Bagley would be the guy who would go number one in the 2019 NBA draft, and they're on the same court Um earlier today i thought um both we talked to them afterward uh, i thought they were they both handled themselves um well i don't want to say remarkably well because that suggests i was surprised by it but they both come across like like thoughtful and, and intelligent young men like i was uh, they, they interviewed really well you know given their age um they, they no no one word answers um i, I thought they were really good eight and I, I think it's worth noting actually said, and I don't know if you caught this because there were a lot of people there and it was hard to hear. He actually said, I'm, I'm one and done, which is kind oh, of, I hear that. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because he insisted he will go to college. Um, and when it's asked, still, I don't want to say it's dubious, but well, that it, is not, I, I don't know. We'll get so, into that. But yeah. he, he insisted he is going to college. And when people asked him why, why do you want to do it? He was like, I just want the experience. Like I want to I want to win a national championship. I want to have that college experience, which I think is the the perfect answer because the the you know a financial advisor might might suggest listen you gain if you're projected to go number one in the draft you don't really gain anything by by going to college um, and you could risk something. Scalavisier being the the most obvious recent example, he was this time last year or you know this time a little over a year ago uh, projected by not all but some to be the number one overall pick in the draft. By everybody to be a top five pick, he cost himself by going to school. And while Thon Maker, like, apparently helped himself by not going to school, and as you've written about, and so have I, that seems to um, have, have brought back uh, into play a conversation about should some of these guys consider not necessarily going overseas, you know, to Europe or Australia, but but maybe actually just sitting out, like going to a prep school like Thon Maker did. And so somebody put that to... to and so it all it like it's a perfectly reasonable. I, I don't know that it's a popular um, opinion, but it's a perfectly reasonable, you know, a strategy to maximizing your draft night stock. Uh, but but DeAndre Ayton's uh, sort of rebuttal to that was like, hey, I hear you, but I just want to go to college. Uh, I just want to have that experience, and that's it's hard to it's hard to combat that like if that's really what somebody wants who who am i or anybody else to to say no you shouldn't do that um but he did say in the in in the um process of explaining himself he did say i i'm one and done like i'm i'm only going to do a year in college whether that actually happens 
we'll see. And and there's a couple of reasons why we'll see. And, and I'll throw Bagley into this as well. Like we've already noted, they're both elite prospects, both projected to go number one overall in the drafts, uh, in the first drafts um, for which they'll be eligible. Um, so they could just choose not to go. Like, um, hey, I'm going to sit out a year. I'll train. I'll go to prep school, whatever. I'll go to Australia and take some Under Armour money. I'll go to Europe and take some Under Armour money or, or anybody's money. Um, I'm just not going to go to college, right? That could be a decision. I, I, I still don't think that's going to be a decision that that many prospects make willingly um, any more than I think Terrence Ferguson is making this willingly. I think Terrence Ferguson was going to have academic problems just like Emmanuel Moutier did before him, just like Brandon Jennings did before him. Um, it is worth noting that to date, the only guys who have graduated high school, been elite-level prospects, graduated high school, and then chose, quote, chosen to go overseas rather than college, they were all facing NCAA issues, Terrence Ferguson included. So I don't know that it's going to be a a um, a, 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 a route that many guys willingly take, but it is a it is a reasonable route to take. So we'll see. The interesting thing about Aiton and Bagley, though, is that they both could – face academic issues because their academic backgrounds to date are ridiculous and that's uh, sort of the column it's basically the column i wrote um for cbssports.com earlier today um for folks who aren't familiar uh deandre ayton is about to enter his senior year of high school and he is currently playing for hillcrest prep high in arizona Hillcrest Prep in Arizona. Now, Hillcrest Prep isn't actually a school. It's just like the name of the basketball team he plays for. Um, they actually, these the kids who go to Hillcrest Prep or play for Hillcrest Prep, they actually um, attend classes at a place called Starshine Academy, which is has a ridiculous name and is not certified by the NCAA. So when Aiton explained, and you wrote about this back in April, Norlander, that uh, really, Kansas was the only school recruiting him, and it was kind of weird that he's the number one player in the country and not many schools are recruiting him. When I asked him today um, if he thought that was um, a result of him being at Hillcrest Prep, he said yes. It, you know, He does believe that. Now, he noted that he is right now taking online classes um, to try to get caught up and that assuming he passes them, he'll be, quote, on track to meet freshman eligibility requirements. But like – the, he's right now traveling the country and having to take summer online courses just to, quote, get on track. The the people, the adults in charge of him have put him in a bad spot. Meantime, Marvin Bagley, same deal. Um, he he just finished his sophomore year of high school, and he's, he's going into his junior year. He's already been to three different high schools, one of which he played for Hillcrest Prep, which which suggests that he, he took classes at Starshine, which he's he's left there. So he and, ba- he and Aiton, Bagley and Aiton, they were supposed to play there together. They never actually did. It lasted about two months. But, you know, now now um, Bagley is, is in what is believed to be a legitimate school in California. But, like, he spent time not at a legitimate school. Like, is that going to affect them? And so the column I wrote was, um, why, why? Why do adults continue to put elite-level prospects in difficult situations, jeopardizing their eligibility, 
and in some cases taking it completely off the table. Like, what is the point? What's the motivation? And this stuff isn't hard to figure out. It's not like you should be surprised. Oh, wow, the NCAA doesn't recognize that school. We had no idea. Because uh, there's a website, the NCAA Eligibility Center. I actually linked to it in the column. You can find out, and I'm not exaggerating here, any high school or prep school that is certified or not, whether it's certified or, or not certified by the NCAA, literally takes seconds. Like it, you, you push, you, 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 it's a drop-down menu. You, it's, it's Arizona, Alabama, Alaska, whatever state. You just hit the state, and then you just type in the name of the school, and you hit search, and it pops up, and it'll say, this, this, is, this is considered cool. I'm paraphrasing here. This is cool, according to the NCAA. This is not cool, according to the NCAA. Like, there's no excuse for not knowing other than just ignorance. And yet, um, Emmanuel Moutier's, uh, the adults guiding him, guided him improperly. Terrence Ferguson, the adults guiding him, guided him improperly. And now here we are, the number one player in 2017 and the number one player in 2018, the adults guarding them have guided them inappropriately. And college basketball, I wrote this and I believe it to be true, since the one and done rule was implemented, has never been at this much risk of missing out on the consensus number one players in back-to-back classes. Again, since the one-and-done rule was implemented. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it, it's insane that adults continue to put these kids in these in these difficult situations. To be clear, and I wrote this, um, they'll be fine no matter what. Uh, they, could, they could go to college. Uh, they'll be multimillionaires someday. They could skip college. They'll be multimillionaires someday. Like, in the end, I think DeAndre Ayton and, and Marvin Bagley are going to be fine. But... The idea that adults would possibly contribute to limiting their options is just infuriating to me. And, and it, it is one of the issues that, um, whether it's, quote, guardians or handlers or actually, in Bagley's case, parents, um, it's one of the things I'll never understand. Y- your kid is set up to achieve whatever he wants to achieve and go wherever he wants to go. Why would you make decisions that somewhat limit it? Yeah, and so now we are... We're trying to just kind of lay out for listeners uh, clear here. From Moutier to Moutier last draft, Maker this draft, Ferguson next draft, um, Aiton and then Bagley after him, we'll basically have a stretch here that's unprecedented wherein players that would have normally and ideally played in college and been eligible for college are and again with Aiton and Bagley, we'll see what happens. But there are plenty of people, specifically with Aiton, that just believe that college is not in the future. Um, we could just have a stretch here, and again, college basketball will survive, and so sure. will the will be fine. But we have just never seen this before, and it's it's a little bit of a disheartening trend here, um, just because this wasn't a one-off thing with Moutier going to prime prep and people learning their lesson. Um, you know, that's just not specific. I mean, with Ferguson specifically, it's the same exact, same exact feel there overall. Um, it'll be interesting to track. Aiton did say, and I don't believe that he is specifically talking to the NCAA, but Aiton was asked, and he did say that the NCAA tells him, and these are his words, are quote on, he's on track to be eligible. Well, I, uh, I can I can clarify that. I because I, I, I talked to some people, I did a lot of reporting on this after I left the gym. Um, I, I think they recognize they've messed up, you know, by having him at Hillcrest Prep. And, like, he's, he even said today he's actually going to go. Like, right now he's taking online classes. Now, again, I, I checked all this out with the NCAA earlier today. The online classes he's taking 
um, are actually like certified in certain circumstances, and I'm sure that they've figured out it which by now, um, you know, under what circumstances they're certified and, and or not. Um, so like that's good news. Um, and he said he's going to an actual high school. I believe it's Precision High School in Phoenix next year. Like he's going to go to a real high school. Uh, so that's good news. But all of this is is um, it, it, they're playing catch up. And I don't. I do believe that they've been in contact with the NCAA, and I do believe that they're now trying to do the right thing because they recognize they've 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 spent the past couple years doing the wrong thing. Um, and and uh, in theory, there is time to catch up. So, like, this is all great, but, like, why? Why does he have to catch up? You know, it, it, simply because adults made bad decisions. And, like, that's, like these, these young people, and sometimes you forget because they're giants. I mean, like, eight and seven foot tall, and, and, and Bagley's, like, 6'10". Um, they're kids. They're still just kids. Like, Marvin Bagley's basically three years older than my kid. And, and my kid is, like, it, incapable of making, like, intelligent life decisions he's barely capable of putting his socks on properly so like I, I don't hold the kids responsible for not knowing where to be in school and not knowing um what classes to take uh most kids don't you you rely on the adults who are guiding you um whether it's your guardian your handler your parents or some combination of all of that and and you know in both those cases they like they they have not been guided well like Bagley, at Bagley again. Tell me if you know anybody, any normal person who's ever done this. Forget basketball players for a second. Any normal person who's ever done this. Marvin Bagley, two years of high school, three different high schools, and he's already missed one year of high school basketball. You know anybody who's changed high schools three times in two years? Nope. No, it's not a normal thing to do. So why do we do it all the time with basketball players? Again, Marvin Bagley's going to be fine. I would trade career earnings with him right now blindly. Um, but, but, like, why make it so difficult? Why, like, what is the point? Moving a kid from Arizona to this place, to that place, to California. I think he's been from California to Arizona back to, like, it's just, in, like, he's in California now. Like, it's funny, like, Aiden's from the Bahamas, is now living in Arizona, and Bagley's from Arizona, now living in California. Like, it's just like, it, why? Why is that, like, why make, why complicate things? I guess is my, my, uh, overarching question i'll never understand it and except i will say this actually i won't say that because like it'll it, it it's uh uh inflammatory um but like the uh, there's always when when there's a nonsense like when there's no sense to what's going on and and it's very easy to say why would you do this it doesn't make any sense for you to do this why would you send a kid to that school why would you send your son to this place why would you bounce your son around like that? Why, why, why? Typically, there's a, a very uh, obvious answer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's at least what I, I've had multiple people tell me to not. Well, like, of course, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do it? Well, why would you do something that doesn't make sense on the surface? Answer your own question. I'll let other people fill in the blanks. You mentioned Michael Porter. Let's move on. Okay. Um, he's been unbelievable. Okay, so uh, I, I, I got all the box scores here in front of me. Uh, went 28-12. and 12. In his uh, first game, 26 and 11 in the second game, 33 and 13 in the third game. Uh, he's, you know, a dunking. You and I sit right under the basket yesterday and watched him. And for people who don't know, consensus top five player in the country. Um, father just got hired at Washington. 
so everybody presumes he's going to Washington, but other schools are still recruiting him. Um, but you and I uh, both had the same impression. Like, you walk out there uh, to these events, and sometimes, like, guys just stand out. Like, you don't need to know anything about anything. You don't need to have recruiting rankings in front of you to know, oh, wow, that person's special. Like, I remember Derrick Rose being that way. Like, when you watched Derrick Rose in high school, you were like, oh, wow. Like, you didn't need to know anything about anything. You knew that guy was special. Um, Greg Oden, same kind of deal. You didn't need to know anything about anything. You watched Greg Oden, you knew he was special. Um, Durant, same type of stuff. Uh, like, uh, Mike, Michael Porter, like, you didn't need – if we walked in that gym without knowing anything about anything, you would have been like, hold up. Who is that kid? Because he wasn't just making all these plays and scoring all these points. He looks the part. He's long. He's got a nice body. He's got a, uh, a, a high-level athleticism. Like I, again, I'm not a recruiting analyst. I don't rank players. And and Aiden is terrific. So I got no issue with Aiden being one. But my God, I might have Porter too. You know, I don't. I mean, I, I'll take his NBA future right now. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the whole package. He'll, he'll probably be seen as the most endorsable player from the class. I mean, listen, he just. He's a really super athletic, good-looking kid. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He'll have endorsements lined up for him the second he turns pro. Um, would be shocking if he doesn't go to Washington. Washington is on this. Lorenzo Romar is getting players. <laughs> he's not getting to the NCAA tournament, but he's getting <laughs> NBA draft picks. Um, Marco Fultz uh, for next season, and then after that, right. these are two guys that honestly both have a really, really, really good chance of being top 10 picks overall. And we saw that Washington had a couple of first-round picks this past draft overall. He's he's definitely, listen, I, I will say visually from what we've seen so far, and Porter played at the PGM last year as well. He was that good, and he looked pretty solid. I would say Porter has looked, Porter and Hamadou Diallo have looked the best among the Top 10 guys that I've seen. Kevin Knox has been pretty good overall as well. Um, Aiton's been there as well. Aiton just doesn't like, like, he's good, but his skill set doesn't like just absolutely pop off the floor. It's he's just, just so big. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And like Mohamed Bamba, who's I think the number three player on 247, he's like, he's strong, and but he's gangly and he. You know, you almost wish he had a little more fu to his game. Wendell Carter is the same way. I mean, Wendell Carter is a guy that some people think can compete with Aiton to be the number one guy in the class. He plays for Chris Paul's team. He's a big. Um, I saw him today. I wouldn't put him with Aiton. I wouldn't. There, I, I, I mean, guy that think it's like Duke is on lock. Like Duke's going to get him. Yeah. I wouldn't put him there either. Um, but I also like GP. Like these events are always like I try not to put too 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 much stock into these events for a couple of reasons one because and listen some of the some of the criticisms of of summer basketball legit sometimes i feel it's just hardened cynicism but like it's not the most beautiful basketball but the, a lot of times the dudes can play hard but they are playing a lot of games um the way they're playing now might not be the way they play in college so i i i look at some of the top prospects but i never take too too much stock into what i see um just because there's just been times like early in my career where i'd see guys and see what they became and what they were used as in college and it was so different from the player that i saw i don't necessarily think that'll be, be the case with porter it would be um it's weird when i was watching him i thought the last player i saw that looked 
that had like an NBA body and was like that smooth and ready. I don't think he'll follow this path, but it was actually Scal. Like we actually, I was sitting with you in Vegas two years ago. I remember watching Scal and being like, that dude is ready for the NBA right now. And then clearly that did not happen. Porter looks like he could be on an NBA roster tomorrow to me. Yeah, no, I listen, I, you and I, I, nobody was a bigger Scal fan than I. Um, it obviously didn't translate to the collegiate level. And he's still like a workout wonder. Like you read all the pre-draft workout stuff about Scal. Like, hey, he was in a gym. You know, all NBA teams were there. He looked amazing. He's seven feet tall. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's knocking down jumpers consistently. Um, finishing with both hands. Like he's still got all that stuff. I think what, what happened on the AAU circuit you got to remember, he didn't play EYBL like his last two summers. Right. You know, he played, and for people who don't understand, that's the Nike circuit. Like, he played for um, Mike Miller's team out of Memphis, run by Ernie Kuyper. That was where he spent his, his last summer. And um, they, they didn't play the same level of, of opposition, not consistently. So, like, when we saw him, it was in an auxiliary gym, wasn't it? Like, in the it was in yeah. a back gym well, in Vegas, right? And, yeah. like, he was playing against... Was there even a Division One player on the other roster? There was not. Right. We, actually, we were sitting, we were sitting with Evan Daniels, and we even asked him that, and there was not. So right. So he was playing against. He's playing against like, he's playing against us. You know, he's playing against you and I, and so he looked amazing. And like Michael Porter is out here doing this against the best prospects in America. Again, twenty-eight and twelve, twenty-six and eleven, thirty-three and thirteen. Those are his first three games at the at the Peach Jam. Like, I I. I would bet you Michael Porter is one of the best players in America in his one year of college, regardless of where he goes to college. And that, that's an interesting point because I asked somebody who is, you know, like if you go list it, look at the list of schools Michael Porter is considering, it's, it's, it's the head coach of somebody who, who's on that list. And I said, are you still recruiting him? Like, because, again, Washington just hired his dad. Like, you know, Memphis hired uh, Dieter Glosson's dad. And they had Dieter Glossen committed two days later. So, like, are you are you? That was my question. Like, are you? At what point do you just say, "All right, that's a waste of time"? And this coach told me, "No, you know, like they're still insisting it's Michael's decision, and they're still um, communicating. You know, if they if they just if they stop responding to us to me, uh, then we know, okay, it's over. But like for now, we've been in there for so long, um, we're, we're just going to stay in there till the end. But I mean, nobody expects him to go anywhere other than Washington at this point, um, which, which like so like which my my comeback to that was then what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you wasting the time? And and the coach had like the coach is just like, you know, you just try to sell him on what you got as opposed to, you know, what he might be going to. And I think the obvious this coach did not say this, but, you know, if I were recruiting against Washington for Michael Porter right now, I would say, listen, I, your dad's there. Um you know, watch, you know, but like, do you want to spend your one year in college like Ben Simmons? Do you want to spend your one year in college like Henry Ellenson? Do you want to spend your one year in college like Marquise Chris and DeJounte Mar Like, point being, yeah, on a, on a mostly irrelevant team that doesn't go to the NCAA tournament. Like, is that really? Okay, you're only going to be in college one year. Is that how you want to spend it? I don't know that that would resonate with, with the kid because he might think they're going to be awesome at Washington. And perhaps they will be, um, you know, by the time he gets there. But... Um, that's the only way to recruit against Washington at this point, right? You've got to sell your big brand program against um, against a program that, let, let's just be honest, hasn't been winning at the highest level lately. 
I think that's fair. Um, real quick, I'll pivot off that as well. Uh, so one of the guys on Porter's team uh, is a point guard named Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick, just a quick couple of notes on a few players in case fan bases uh, from certain teams that are, are in certain regions are looking at certain guys and are kind of curious. Guys who stood out to me, Trey Young's really good. He's actually he's a top twenty kid who's they no one really knows where he's going to go. Some people think Kentucky, but Duke and Kansas and Oklahoma are very much in there. I would say he is similar sort of to Tyus Jones. Um, and whereas Tyus Jones, like, he only went one and done because he ended up having a ridiculous run through March, and he kind of had to go. Like, he wasn't necessarily seen as a one-and-done type prospect. I think Trey Young is similar to that. Um, I, I like him overall as a solid, steady point guard when he gets to the college level. Um, one of uh, Hamadou Diallo's teammates, a guy named Jordan Tucker, uh, 247 crystal ball, has him 92% to Syracuse. I love his game, and he's a tremendous shooter. I, I think he would be splendid if he, if he ended up going in what was Jim Beheim's truly his final season there. Um, that would be a really good get. I just I genuinely enjoy his game. There's a guy named Jaron Jackson, GP. I don't know if you saw him play or not, but he plays for the uh, he plays for the Space Indie team. He's like a six ten, true power forward except he can step out and shoot. Maryland's considered the leader, but um, Bama and Indiana are in there as well. I actually think he has a really good chance at becoming like a top 10 guy in the class. Um, just, I don't know. He's a guy that I would recommend if you, you didn't see him yet, try and see him on Friday. And then one guy that's a top 60 guy to me who I saw when I watched him play on Thursday, I thought he was like a top 30 guy. And I checked his name is Shondi Brown. Florida's the leader for him. Really athletic, uh, plays tremendous defense, and kind of never, ever gives up on a play. Thought he was pretty impressive. Um, we'll see. He could be every year. There's at least one or two guys at Peach Jam, whether by nature of their team making the semifinals or beyond, or just what they do against you know four or five star competition. There's usually one or two guys that are top hundred guys that vault their status to top fifty or so. He might be one of those guys. So we'll see. But July, you know, this is the first of three weekends as well. Mm-hmm. We've got this this weekend, the next week, Wednesday to Saturday, and then the third one when you and I will be in Vegas for all the events out there. So there's still plenty of time to go. But um, this is interesting, man. I do like seeing these players up close and personal and just having that. I like having an idea of what they are so that, like, we don't fake it. So by the time they get to college, we have, you know, concepts of who these guys are and how they will work within teams and what their games are all about. On the um, subject of, of players we sort of j- just saw for the first time over the past couple of days and didn't really have a, uh, a, a good understanding of them, had never really seen them or paid attention to them before then, um, when I was waiting for the Bagley-Ayton game to start, the game before that, that I, I probably wouldn't have watched unless it was happened to be in that gym. I wanted to get make sure, I like we talked about, get a seat in that gym. It was the team from Albany uh, against the St. Louis Eagles. And so I got to see uh, Jimmy Beheim. Yeah. I saw Jim Beheim's son plays for the Albany team, and he's going to be like a Division One player. Like I, I, you know, probably maybe pay, I asked one coach, I was like, what level? He said maybe Patriot League. But like he he plays. Like he's uh, so I saw Jimmy Beheim play. That was fun. And then um, a little point guard named Darius Garland I had never seen before, and um, I wasn't watching him as much as I was just watching the game. 
and uh, you know he made a couple of plays. I was like, whoa, this this kid looks special. And so I quickly Google him. He's from Brentwood, Tennessee. He goes to Brentwood Academy, but he was playing for the St. Louis team. He's a top 20 kid. Like I think he's 18th in the country in one recruiting service that I saw. Um, in the class of 2018, so he just finished his sophomore year of high school. He's young. That's why I've never seen him. Um, but he's really, really good. And so I'm going to pretend that I discovered him. Yes. Um, because every summer I like to pretend that I've discovered uh, somebody new. Um, I discovered, if you're keeping track, uh, Scal, of course. That's easy. I also discovered um, the entire Ball family, most notably Lonzo I'll Ball. I remember. I, I discovered uh, Mickey Mitchell once upon a time. Yeah. I can't really brag about that one anymore. It didn't really work out for me he so well. transferred from Ohio State to Long Beach State. Real quick, I might have mentioned this on the podcast, but you never know what like what's going to happen with these players because my first, um, the first year I ever covered the summer circuit was 2011, the summer after I got the job at CBS in December 2010. And it was in Vegas. I mean, I had talked to a few guys in PGM. I just can't remember specifically who I might have talked to then. But I do remember, for whatever reason, watching a game in Vegas and watching and watching this one kid, and I was like, he's, he's actually not a bad little offensive player. I, and I talked with a few coaches. What kind of schools are looking at him? They're like, well, he's like a really high-level Missouri Valley player, or he might be able to make it in the Big 12. And that player was Buddy Heald. So oh, wow. you just never know when you get some of these guys that might be top 40-ish, you know, top 50, top 60 kids – what they could go on and have like just tremendous tremendous college careers you just never know so it's always interesting to get those kids um before they get onto that stuff and kind of you know you knew them when kind of deal and you mentioned vegas um and that we're headed out there uh next that'll be two weeks from now and announced today this is great news on the friday night that we are in vegas oh my gosh guess who's hosting a party at hakasan the great kim kardashian uh i I know. At at dinner tonight, I was with um, Jeff Borzello, Jeff Goodman, and uh, Rob Doster while Parrish stayed in his hotel room and dutifully got his Friday column done. But as we're waiting for the food to come out, you've got Goodman like running down the roster of people he could possibly invite to Hakkasan to do this thing. I told you we're going for sure. Like so, we're not we're not passing up the opportunity to be in the club with Kim Kim Kimmy K. Yeah, but here's here's the deal. Okay, so real quick before we wrap this up. So like three years back, we do this. We go to Hakkasan, and it was fine. But the reason we went was because Dead Mouse was playing that night, and it was a letdown. Let's be real. We waited forever, and it was fine. But then like some other dude like started spinning all the music. It wasn't what I thought it would be. No, it was Dead Mouse I, without his mouse head. I, it, true. Very, very true. And so Put, I wonder, Hey, dude, we paid – thousands of dollars for this table put your stupid mouse head on so i wondered gp if this is going to be a deal where she simply shows up for like eight minutes and bounces no is way. that really worth it no well, yes the answer is yes but but no that's not what it's going to be kim's there to party man she'll probably be at our table <laughs> she's a mother of two now man i'm not sure yeah i know but she got like a nanny and like kanye can take jesus will be at home with the kids and we'll be with We'll be with Kim. We'll spend a Friday night with Kim. Haven't you always wanted to spend a Friday night with Kim? Uh, I haven't, but that's fine. And speaking of Jesus, I will tell all listeners that two coaches on separate occasions and separate gyms today saw GP sitting a few seats down or whatever and said, is Parrish wearing Yeezys right now? I said, yes, he is. That was my Father's Day present Kelly got me. 
Yeah, Yeezy's being the Kanye West shoe for the uninitiated. So. <laughs> no, um, it, I, found, I found out from multiple Nike officials that it is not popular to wear Yeezys to a Nike Peach Jam event. They're not big fans of, of me um, wearing Yeezys, but, like, listen, I'm, I'm committed to Yeezys. Okay. I, serve, I serve Yeezys. I serve Yeezys. Fair enough, man. So, oh. If if we do end up, you know, if if we do have a run-in with Kim K, that will obviously be mandatory podcast material. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a hundred percent. Before we get out of here, I think you guys have probably noticed Sam Vecini is not here with us. He's been a part of this podcast for uh, uh, a while now. And if you follow him or or either of us on Twitter, you know that he's no longer uh, with us at CBSSports.com. Uh, he's moving on to uh, what I hope. Uh, is is bigger and, and and better things, but he's a he's a talented young guy who works really really hard. So I have no doubt um, he he's going to uh, to find a nice landing spot. He's already doing some uh, what I suppose you'd 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 label as freelance work and uh, been writing a lot of NBA stuff. And so you can find it on his his Twitter feed, uh, of course. But uh, I, I just felt uh, like that that that's something that we should note. Like he's. He's obviously not going to be here with us anymore, though he'll be here in thought, right? Well, it was practically like it was a three-man podcast this time around anyway. Let's be real here, uh, <laughs> Sam. No, yeah, it is uh, – listen, it's it's definitely a bummer. Um, he was a tremendous worker, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's just – it's just inside baseball, behind the scenes of the business thing, whatever. But he was, uh, you know – Great. Listen, he he freaking loves the NBA draft, man. Bless his heart. He just gets all into that, and he will he will land. He will do great things. And I would love to have him on the podcast back again one day, just to uh, chat and give him just to just to ignore him again. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> we should invite him back on and then ignore him for fifteen minutes happen. at a time. That would be amazing. But uh, but no, man. Yeah, treasured uh, his time with us as a colleague, no doubt about it. And certainly hope he's uh, actually he's going to be covering summer league in Vegas. So I hope that he's actually wants to stick around and do a day or two of uh, of recruiting stuff as well, so we can meet up there. But yeah, we'll take him to see Kim Kardashian. There you go. Yeah, we miss we miss you, Sam. He was a fantastic addition, and um, and so yeah, so onward we go here. But uh, listen, I'm fine with you know you and me if we want to occasionally bring Chip on. Um, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with that. But uh, you know, however we want to do this going forward, either way, you know, this, if we, if we are real with ourselves, you know, Borzello did a few podcasts with us in the, in the, in the three man attack. We <laughs> might not be good at having three people. We, we tend to, I, I don't deny that we tend to dominate the microphone and certainly you come, you, you are the first and foremost when it comes to that, but you know, it's, it's what you're good at. So if, if we want to roll this, it's a two man deal. Well, We'll, we'll figure it out in a due time. So shout out to Sam Vecini. Shout out to Devin Downey. Well, okay, real quick. Is I was wondering if you wanted to retire the Devin Downey shout oh, out. Oh, are you Dude. crazy? No way. I want to – no. I'm shouting out Devin Downey. He's like competing. Somebody sent me a link to something the other day with a hashtag shout out to Devin Downey. He's like – he's playing for somebody now. He's doing something. He's like – I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something, doing big things. Somehow, some way, one day – you're going to cross paths with Devin Downey, and it's going to be a really awkward encounter. Why don't we take him to Hakkasan to see Kim Kardashian? <laughs> yes. Can we make that happen? Me, you. Can we make it happen, and can we get Kim Kardashian on the mic to give him a shout-out? That's basically the ultimate Holy one. God. If I – you ever, you ever play that game where it's like, okay, you find a bottle, genie comes out, you get three wishes? Like, I would genuinely use one of my wishes – 
on Kim Kardashian shouting out Devin Downey at Hakkasan. Yeah, that's that's not weird. But uh, and then again, it's totally appropriate. So God, I would love that so much. Me, you, Goodman, Borzello. Who else goes to the club with us in Vegas? Like like we're not all old men. <laughs> they're, they're, Jason King. Jason King. <laughs> we all go and try to act like we're not the oldest, whitest, dumbest people in the club. Oh, my God. <clears throat> but we got credit cards, so they let us in, right? Oh, man, yes. Can't this, wait. We had another podcast where we started. I was like, yeah, we can probably get 25 minutes done. It's been, what, like 45 minutes? It is, uh, I think, at 48 minutes right now. So let's get out of here. Remember, you can subscribe to the On College Basketball Podcast at iTunes. That's the quickest way to get your uh, hands on the latest episode. So go do that. Um, as always, thank you uh, for listening, particularly in the summer. I, I, uh, I'm always amazed that uh, – you guys will call out a few minutes for a college basketball podcast in the summer, but also appreciative. So thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Take care.